0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Each week I participate in a few different Bible studies and book studies, and the conversations that come through those studies are varied and we touch on lots of different topics, but one topic tends to come around the corner more often than not. And that is the idea and the struggle and the challenge of raising children. Now, most of us in this room know that either we've raised our own children or most of us were children at one point. And we know that raising kids can be a challenge. Now, it starts off pretty easily because Well, they can't move very much, and they're really small. And so it's very easy to kind of limit the ways in which children can access things. If we don't want them to have the thing in the upper cabinet, we just don't get that for them. And if we don't want them to go somewhere, we just don't take them. It's quite easy to kind of put boxes and boundaries around children, but then of course they age. And anyone who has tried to raise a teenager or been a precocious teenager yourself knows that as we move into those ages, especially into young adulthood, agency increases. Agency allows for people to kind of do the stuff they wanna do. And as a parent, simply saying no doesn't work that much longer. Instead, we have to create opportunities and encouragement and try to reward good behavior and just hope, hope that it sticks. Well, now most of us in this room are actually beyond that teenage experience and agency does not decrease over time. In fact, adults tend to get more and more agency and that puts us in a position when we look at our faith life to actually make a decision about whether this is the kind of thing that we want, whether we will actually choose to follow God, and if so, how? Today we hear two lessons, and both lessons are very important. The first lesson comes from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a leader at the time, When the exile ended, when the Jews came out of Babylon and they went back to Jerusalem and they sought to rebuild what had been destroyed, Nehemiah was the leader, Ezra was the priest, and today's lesson sees the Jewish people there back in Jerusalem after things had been destroyed, after they had gone to exile, after they had begun to ask questions about what they had done wrong, and Nehemiah has Ezra. Come and read the promise of God. Read that God's faithfulness continues, that God's love is present, and the people weep with joy, and they say, amen, amen. They respond to God's presence with such deep strength and passion. And then we get the second lesson today. The gospel lesson from today's Gospel of Luke has Jesus in the synagogue Once again, reading about God's promise. Jesus comes and reads the words of Isaiah, that prophet that promised that God would do good, be present, resolve and redeem the world. And Jesus reads those words and says, Today, in your hearing, this scripture has been fulfilled. Can you imagine being right there? The people responded with, kind of a raised eyebrow, a little interest, a little intrigue. And they began to say, well, Hey, isn't this the guy that grew up here? So what we did not read in today's gospel lesson is what I think is the best part of this entire story, which comes the next couple verses where they start to say, Jesus, the one that grew up around the corner, you're the one that's fulfilling this. And then Jesus says, yes, it is I. And then the people run him out of the synagogue up to a cliff and try to throw him over. We didn't read that part this morning. But it's important for us to note that we have two things happening right here. We've got Ezra reading God's promise and the people responding with weeping and amen and they're so pleased and excited and hopeful. And then we've got Jesus reading from Isaiah saying it has been fulfilled and the people try to throw him off a cliff. What is happening in today's gospel lesson that triggers people so much? I would argue that Jesus is hard to follow. We should know this as Christian people, as people who choose to follow Jesus. I hope that we know deep down Jesus is hard to follow. Now, interestingly, our world often provides a decent comfort level for us, a decent security level for us, but these last couple years have been less than comfortable, Perhaps we are at a time in our life, collectively, when we might actually understand a bit of the promise that Jesus provides, that promise of comfort and love and presence and support, that idea that God is with us when times are hard, because I think that for most of us, even if times haven't been as hard as they could be, we're all just kinda tired of this. We are exhausted, we are tired, we are tired of the uncertainty, tired of the way in which we have to respond and live in the world differently than we wish we could. I have been calling parishioners and checking in with them over these last few weeks and person after person after person tells me about something that is just exhausting. One person crying about their job, wishing they could quit. Another worried about their young adult child that is living in a sense of isolation because they can't go out and meet people like they could. Another who just hasn't slept through the night for months. Person after person, all of us in some way are feeling weighed down, weighed down by what has been this constant sense of uncertainty. And into that moment, we hear Jesus read these words from Isaiah. Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These are words of grace, powerful words of grace, and I bet it sounds pretty good to us right now because we need a bit of grace and hope and calm presence and support of God. But these words of grace are kind of complex for us. If we are honest and we really parse out the words that Jesus is saying, although they might sound good at first, they actually fly right in the face of the way we like to live. You see, we're in a highly responsible culture. We are meant to reward good behavior, hard work. When people work hard and they earn and they succeed, good for you, and if not, well, then you don't deserve good stuff, right? And yet what Jesus says here is that he's come to bring good news to the poor. He has come to release, release the captives, bring sight to the blind and freedom for the oppressed. What might sound good at first, when we really dig into it, can be problematic for the way that we, most of the time, choose to live. Today, Jesus is saying that the people who have not earned goodness or grace or freedom are going to get that stuff anyway. And why? Because God chooses so. This. This is not the way that we have structured our world. This is not the kind of way that we all like to live because we tend to do the right thing. We tend to say the right stuff. We tend to get up and do the work that needs done. We earn it. We are not in prison. We are not poor. We have done the right stuff. And so, in a way, we might react to Jesus in a pretty frustrated sense. Put that way. Can you kind of understand why the people may have wanted to throw him off a cliff? See, Jesus comes to say, that stuff that the world tells you is most important and most valuable and the right way to be is not all there is. God loves every person. What we have done and what we will do, the good and the bad, does not change. The profound grace and love that God gives to each and every one of us. Who are we trying to be? Here in this church, who is it that we want to be? We could be successful, nice people. Or we could be followers of the God who pours grace unearned on every person. We could be the people that hustle and work hard to earn love, but y'all, we don't have to be because God has done that for us. Every one of us here deserves God's love and grace and redemption and hopefulness and strength and security for no reason except that God wants to give who are we to be we we can be a group of people who believes so very strongly in God's amazing grace that we get to help one another grow. We get to help one another become more the people God made us to be, and we get to go out there into the world that is so flipped wrong and bring everyone else into God's saving embrace as well. Jesus says, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, and that includes us. Now we know that good news. And we get to go tell everyone else. Thanks be to God. Amen.